Hi, lovely. If you haven't heard, I am teaching a brand new live workshop next week on two different days. I'll be live on both for entrepreneurs called Stop Overthinking It. Whether you run a business now or you might want to start one or even just create a small side gig, this is for you. I'm sharing some major breakthroughs I've had over 10 years in business that have wildly changed my life and business just in the last year and a half to be less exhausted and overwhelmed and truly make creating and launching faster, easier, cheaper, less terrifying, all of the things. So swipe up and save your seat to join me. It is not for another week, so be sure to add it to your calendar so you don't miss us. I will stick around afterwards for an extended Q&A to coach and help you more personally, which is always my favorite part. This is going to help you so much. I cannot wait to see you there. There will be no cod swallop this week, my dear. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Today is part two of an informal three-part series on burnout, overwhelm, being spread too thin, whether in work or life or all of it. We talked last week about two keys that are helping me in a really big season. I wanted to say busy season, but that is another one of those triggering words. If I tell myself that I am busy, then I'm going to feel busy and busy feels tiring and etc. So it is a big season without burning out. And I am three months into that big season. I didn't want to immediately claim that the work I had done was actually going to have been effective until I had some experience. And now that I'm three months in, I feel pretty jazzed to be like, guys, I actually believe it. It's like working. It's, oh my gosh, I had to come on and create a series, create this masterclass and just try to help pass some of this wisdom on. So listen to last week's episode first or after this, either way. But I promise at the end of that one, I would share some how. How do you actually do less? Now, there is a lot to this. Part of this is the Elegant Excellence Journal. If you have that, if you don't, you can swipe up and get on the wait list. They will be uh, debuting for 2022 in just a couple of months. But that whole first section of the portrait is about clarity and self-awareness and motivation and priorities. There's so much in that. But today I want to talk about one simple tool that is in the journal. It's on page 53. I am not kidding. I flip to this page all the time. A few times a month, I flip to this page and I scan over and ask myself, what are my options? And These are the options that you can choose from when you have too much on your plate. When you're looking at the schedule and you're like, this is impossible. This feels so heavy. I feel trapped at the idea that I have to do all of this. And we we can feel so helpless. I know I'm not alone in this feeling. When you look at your schedule, when you look at the months ahead, when you look at your lifestyle, it can just feel helpless. Like, I don't know how to get out. I don't know how to do less. I don't know how to untangle this, like, heavy blanket that I feel like is on me. And the truth is you are not 
helpless. You truly are always empowered. Yes, if you have no money and you are working three jobs and you are a single mom, et cetera, you have less options. And and I think we want to acknowledge that there are people that have more options. You have more financial freedom. You have the ability to get more help, et cetera. But I truly do still believe that we all have options. Being a victim feels good for a minute because it feels like I don't have to do any work. I can just sit here and sink into it and be like, this is so unfair. Other people have it easier. This is so much harder for me. I just don't know what to do. But then you're just sinking in the quicksand further. You're you're going in the wrong direction. There really is such a positive energy of resilience to say, okay, somehow, some way, I can shift this. I can make this better. I don't have to accept that this heaviness is the reality. So on page 53 of the journal, there are four Ps. And recently, when I was talking on Instagram stories, I had an aha, and out of my mouth came a fifth P. So if you have the journal, we're going to go deeper on what you have and also expand on it. And if you do not have the journal, you will get every ounce of what you need out of this podcast episode for today. Though, of course, I encourage you to get it for all of the other pages surrounding it. So the first P is priority. When I'm looking at my schedule and I'm like, there is too much. How do I do less? I've got five options. One of them is priority. Priority is this won't happen now. I'll let go of it to make space for what matters most. It is acknowledging that we have too many stated priorities. This is why most of us are burnt out and feel trapped. We have a hundred units of things we want to do in a 40-unit week. You know, if you're trying to work uh, 40 hours a week, you have a hundred hours of tasks. I've used this in shorthand to say we're, we've got 10 units we're trying to do in four. And that doesn't mean that these are specific numbers. It doesn't mean that you're trying to figure out what your exact four things are or what your 10. Use it metaphorically in that I spent years having endless meetings, endless crying, creating the Elegant Excellence Journal, trying to figure out the perfect system, schedule, structure. Because metaphorically, I felt like I had 42 units in a 40-unit week. If I just finagled a little bit more, I could make it work. I brought on business partners. I was like, help, I have you know 100 units and I only have 40 spots. So can you just help me figure this out? After three years of having business partners, I still hadn't written my book, which all along I said was my number one priority. But I still had 100 things I was trying to do in, in 40 units. Even if I only had 42 and I was trying to get down to 40, having experts, getting help, waving the white flag, it didn't help. True or false was my priority happening. Was I moving it forward, my real, true priority? And I wasn't because you're just trying to nibble around the edges to be a little more perfect when you need to take a freaking machete and just hack off the priorities left and right that you cannot, in this season, lose 10 pounds and volunteer at church and read four books on anti-racism and start meditating, and regularly go help your friend who's in chemo at the hospital, and run your business, and launch a podcast, 
and post daily on Instagram and get quality time with each of your three kids and go on a weekly date night with your husband and deal with the drama over who's hosting Thanksgiving in your family. Like you just literally can't even. (laughs) And yet, I think that is the list of most of the women who message me. You've got your own variations in there, but you've got your work stuff, and then you've got all your your goals to grow under the work stuff, and then you've got all your marriage, family, kids stuff, and then you've got all your friends, church, social life stuff, and then you've got all your health and wellness stuff of, of meditating or losing weight, or whatever. and then you've got all your, your social being a good neighbor part of like reading the books on anti-racism and learning what's happening in Afghanistan and figuring out how you can help in Haiti, and you just can't do all the things. That's, that, that's, you know, I don't know, 15 things and you've got time for three. <laughs> and so for me, as I said last week, I, my three, and again, I want to keep emphasizing, this is not a magic golden number. I just don't believe, I get a little angry at people who claim that here's the way it works. You choose three goals in five life areas. You choose 10 goals in 10 years. You choose three things. Now, granted, in the Elegant Excellence Journal, we have a page that's like 10 goals in 10 years. But you revisit it once a month. It's just kind of a broad vision casting exercise. It's not actually saying on a daily basis, I'm trying to make all 10 of these things happen. I think the idea of someone else plucking a number for you on how many priorities you get gets you way too focused on the micro, again, of trying to finagle to fit it all in, as opposed to the energetic of only you know. But you know in your heart of hearts if you're not getting the book written. You know that you're not, like, whatever your things are, you know. You know that you're getting in your own way and you're looking for someone else to give you a system that says, here's exactly how many you have. And then you're going to be like, okay, well, health and wellness, can that include the 10 pounds and the yoga and the meditation and the going gluten-free right now and that, like, you know, all of the things, all we're trying to do is justify how to fit it into someone else's system. So instead, like, here's things that I am not doing in this season. I'm not losing weight. I will link the episode if you missed it. I personally think it is one of the most powerful episodes I've done on, I think it's called The Cost of Losing Five Pounds. Um, I'm not going to church very often. That has nothing to do with the state of my faith. It's just part of that time trade-off. Am I going out of guilt that I should be going? Or am I actually feeling like it's so life-giving when I go? No, actually, right now, it's feeling more life-giving to listen to a sermon podcast at home and really have that spaciousness because my three priorities, sorry, I can't remember if I said this, as I shared last week, are my book, maintaining my business, and not burning out. And so not burning out, when I think about, I'm going to spend half my day getting ready, getting on the subway, going to service, going to brunch in the city, coming back home, or am I going to spend 30 minutes just on my couch listening to something, that that feels like I'm not going to burn out, you know, the more times that I do that. I'm not the best at, and again, I'm not saying that you have to do that. If for you, that is deeply life-giving, then go do that. Go do that life-giving thing. For me, I'm like, it is really life-giving that I'm just in my pajamas all day. And I'm, you know, so it's, it's you, you do you, no judgment. I am not the best at texting friends 
and making plans with friends in this season. Sure, I am sometimes. I haven't completely gone off the deep end, but it's just not, this is not my season where I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find new friendships. I'm going to make my current friendships deeper. I'm just going to, that's just not the, the, it doesn't mean I'm ignoring everyone. It just means I'm acknowledging, yeah, I'm not the best at it, but you know what? It's not one of my top three things. So I'm going to give myself grace. I'm going to text when I can text, and I'm going to trust that the people I love are still going to be there. I'm not growing my business. If things are needed for my book, because that's the first priority, yes. If they are not tied to the book, then I'm letting them go right now. And it is, it's, it's not a big deal that I need to grow business things for the book, but I'm also trusting the order of things. I'm on steps one and two right now. I'm writing the book. I'm designing the book. So I'll get to steps four and five of list building and marketing and all that stuff when it's time. I can't do all five right now. And so many of us are doing this. In my Creative Business Accelerator course, for example, I walk people through step-by-step what to do to launch and create a new product. And I created that because so often we get overwhelmed by the 25 things. We're just like, oh, it's going to be so hard. And then I don't know how to do that part. And so we don't even start with one, but with step one. But step three gives us the clarity for step 12. That right now you're so distracted with like, I don't know how I'm going to do step 12 though. Oh, that feels so heavy. That feels so hard. That feels so confusing. What if I this? What if I that? And it's like, girl, there's 11 things we got to do before then. And odds are you're going to get that clarity along the way. Or we'll figure it out when we get there. You don't know right now because you haven't done the previous steps. It's not time for you to know. There is so much of this with my book. I have to, I'm writing a lot more words than will fit into the book. How am I going to hack out what things get cut? That can make or break the book, right? That feels a little terrifying. How do I visually lay out a 250-page book with photos and illustrations and work with an art director and illustrator and like, I don't know. I don't know. I know right now, step one is I need to write the book. Step two is I need to hire the, the editor. I need to like make the first pass at, you know, art direction, Pinterest boards. Like that's all I can do. And I have to trust that I will figure out the next step when I get there. So this concept of priorities, which I'm like really giving examples of here, we just, I I want you to understand how easy it is for us to argue that we need all of these priorities, to argue to ourselves, no, I can't let that go. Or will I have to know this part? I have to do all three steps at the same time. Um, Other things I'm not doing this season, I'm not buying anything new for my home. I'm not planning travel. You just have to choose to do less things, which feels scary because what if you pick the wrong thing in your business that doesn't move the needle enough? What if you pick that you will go all in on Pinterest instead of on TikTok, and after six months on Pinterest, it's really not doing anything? How do you know which is right? You don't. You don't and you won't. Confidence and clarity comes from action, not thought. But if we try all 10 social media streams at once, for sure none of them are going to work. And then we're going to have dipped our toe in all of them in a way that we can't really say, is it not going to work? Like, what can I learn from this? I didn't really even fully try. 
What if people make you feel guilty that you step down from volunteering at church? What if your family is used to you playing middleman in the family drama? Like whatever the things are that you have to say, I'm just, I'm, I, that's not my priority this season. I've decided that. And yes, you may not, it may feel scary. You may get pushback. Uh, it may feel uncomfortable. It may feel like taking a risk. It's not easy. It's, it's not that it's not scary. But it truly is the only option. And it takes owning that you are creating your own chaos and that you are sabotaging that because we're so gluttonous and we want all of the things, we get none of the things. And then we argue about how that's not fair or we're going to be judged or shamed or pressured or it's going to feel scary or whatever. And it's just one of those like honest, you know, big girl pants moments of being like, yeah, but if if you fight this, we're, we're not going to get any. And I say that because I've tried to write this book since the summer of 2016, and it is now the summer of 2021, five years. Now, I actually started taking action last year, but for four years before then, I tried to figure out how to make my first priority happen. And all along, I was just doing too many things. And would it have been easy to figure that out? No. Would it have been easy to know what things to stop in my business? No. It would have been scary. It would have been a risk. But my my number one priority never happened. So number two, second P, is patience. Patience is this will get done by a later date once I know I have space. It's a little bit less aggressive than lower priority. You're like, I'm just punting it a little bit down. It still, you know, is there, but, um, which is really what we're saying with lower priorities, but it may just be a different way to look at it and feel like, you know, I'm just going to be patient. We're going to do that later. I'm going to launch the podcast next year. You know, some things maybe never. It may be I'm going to keep being patient. And after a few years, this thing still hasn't happened. Some truly are just not right now. For me, there absolutely are things that are like, I've got to be patient. Do I want to be posting this inconsistently on Instagram? No. But I am acknowledging that for now it is a lower priority and I am being patient that I know there will come a season when I have more bandwidth for it. It's just not right now. And again, it's that admitting of gluttony and greed that we want every life goal and we want it now. If that is leaving you stuffed to the brim and miserable, you're going to have to have the wisdom and maturity to choose less but better. You know, it's like saying you're not going to spend all your money on like teeny little trinkets around the house. You're going to save up for the one thing that really matters, like the couch, (laughs) you know, and it's just that same sort of thing of, of feeling like all these little things, even if they seem like big things, since you can't give them your full attention, they're giving you the value of a tchotchke on your shelf as opposed to a couch that you sit on, you know, for hours a day. One of our real challenges, honestly, is we think things will happen way faster than we do. So we get impatient. When we set these priorities, we also think, great, I'm going to knock through these in a few weeks. You know, uh, we get, and then we get so impatient that we haven't lost the weight. Uh, we, we aren't building closer friendships. Our Instagram following isn't going up. Our debt isn't going down. Whatever it is, We thought it would take 40 units, and it takes 100. 
So we laid out this plan that was like, okay, great. I'll do 40 this week, 40 next week, 40 next week. And instead, after three weeks, you're like, crap, I am still working on the same things from week one. And now it just is making the the backlog you know, get bigger. So then we think we must be doing something wrong that it takes 100. So we beat ourselves up and we're like, what is wrong with me? This is taking so long. So we just push harder. And we just hold on for one more week, thinking surely just one more week of sprinting and I will get there. When it was just totally unrealistic that no human in our shoes, meaning the knowledge, the ability, the resources we have right now, could make it in 40. A hundred is just the facts. 40 was a totally false belief. And so that that perspective of patience allows us to acknowledge this is going to take longer than I realized. And therefore, the things that were coming next, if I've looked at the first P and this thing is still my priority, then I've got to be patient that this priority is going to take longer and the other priority isn't even going to get started until later on down the road. The third P is perfection. This won't be perfect, but perfectly good enough and done. And here is one of the mental challenges. That thing that said that we thought was going to take 40 units and it takes 100. Sometimes it's just it's just the facts. It was unrealistic to think you could drop that weight that quickly. You could, you know, whatever. Other times it's because we are being perfectionists about it. And it could have been done in 40, but we overthought it. We overanalyzed it. We slowed ourselves down. So the re- so in this way, the reason we aren't able to have all of the priorities that we want is because we're making everything bigger, harder, heavier than it needs to be. So we may say this to lower our priorities, like, is my house perfect? No, but it's totally fine. I'm not buying anything more for the house. I'm not going to keep tinkering with it. It's just an area of my brain that I don't have to exert energy. Is my body perfect? No, but it's healthy. Like, I'm eating well. I'm sleeping. Could it be healthier if I was like you know, working out for an hour every day? Yes, of course. Things can always be better. But is it good enough for now? Is my body as healthy as it could be? No. Again, I want to point these things out because these are the games we play with ourselves. That you're like, well, no, but Hillary, but it could be healthier. I'm like, it could, but is it unhealthy now? And for me, I would say I'm eating well, I'm hydrating, I'm getting that hours of sleep, I'm not anxious, I'm not burnt out, my body feels healthy. Would it be healthier if I was working out an hour a day, five days a week? For sure. But I'm releasing that perfection. And we may say this to our top priorities. My book will not be perfect. If I obsess over every word and detail, which I 1000% know I could, it'll get delayed. And then it's going to make my life harder. I'm going to I'm going to miss deadline after deadline. It's then going to delay the revenue. It's then going to delay when the book comes out. Like I can see the process that that's happening. So on a daily basis, when I talked last week about, you know, no burnout days, on a daily basis, I'm like, "Okay, what do we want to do today? Does that feel feasible to do? Great, let's do that." Okay, proud of us. We're just we're still on top of it. We're just, you know, just a few hours every day and this is working and you just got to pay attention. If I give myself four hours a day and it's consistently taking eight, then I've got to think through it. Well, is this just perfectionism 
Or is this patience? Was I totally unrealistic with my book goal? And if it is unrealistic, then am I going to have to let go of another priority because this is going to take, you know, longer than I think. And those final 3% of tweaks will not make the difference in whether the book is impactful to women and sells well. You know, if it starts getting pushed out three days, no big deal. But then if it's like three weeks and then if it becomes three months and I keep obsessing over it, it absolutely will impact whether I get burnt out, whether I can keep my my business afloat and be hiring, paying my team. I will prove to myself that writing a book is miserable and I won't want to do it again. So I won't bless the world with what I can already see is my next book. And I think when we really look at the impact of our perfectionism, it allows us to say, what, what am I trying to accomplish here? I'm trying to get this book into women's hands. And that 3%, even 10%, is not going to be the difference as to whether or not it blesses her life. That, that to me, is where we ask ourselves perfectionism. Is it, is it going to just have a tenth of the impact if I, if I go so fast and I make it, you know, really kind of like crappy and scrappy? That's a different thing than saying, I really believe in this book. If I had a few, the leisure of a few more months to tinker it, could I make it a little bit better in my estimation? Sure. But it's it's not going to make a difference in her life. This is so big in my Creative Business Accelerator class. I say, I give you a timeline, a, a, my students' timeline. I'm like, you have an hour to do this section. And some people are like, what? I can't do this in an hour. And I'm like, well, you can take 10 hours and then you can take months to like launch and create this thing. And then after you've spent so many hours over so many months, then you can find out People were confused by the offer. They wanted it packaged differently. And then you can feel totally defeated and resentful and angry at the world that you put so much into it only to get negative feedback, you know, or like lackluster feedback. Or you can do it in a week. You can be like, meh, I'll do it in an hour. Good enough. Let me just throw it out there. Get their feedback. Be like, oh, okay, that's a good, I didn't think they'd want it that way. Okay, great. Yeah, I'll make changes to the program. Awesome. It is way less terrifying and low risk so it's also acknowledging we try to be perfect at things because we're afraid of being disappointed. But so often our obsession with wanting to be so good and so high quality just means we're, we're not helping people. We're not getting out there and we're making the stakes so high for ourselves that it's going to be so hard to actually have something live up to them. When you've put forth less effort and energy, and again, I don't mean you're phoning it in. You're just being like, yeah, that's good enough. I feel good about that. It's at 90%. And the time it's going to take me to get to 100 is not going to be, you know, worth the, the ROI, the return on investment. The fourth P is people. People is this can be delegated or helped by others. Can you release control and let someone else plan Thanksgiving? I mean, sometimes it comes down to being that granular. If that's the thing for you that you're like, that takes up so much time and I'm working on this other big project or I know it always stresses me out. And I've got to weigh the pros and cons. In some ways, I like planning it. In some ways, I kind of like the family drama. I don't like, you know, I don't want to admit that, but secretly I do. Uh, in some ways, like I like that, you know, I know it's not going to be decorated the way I want. I know it's not going to have the exact food I want if I let the rest of the family do it, but it is a lower priority than this other thing. So I'm just going to let it go. Can you uh, let somebody else run, run your church small group? I've been in this situation before. I was just like, hey, guys, I'm going to need to step down um, because I just realized 
this is taking way too much of my time because we have people with different opinions, with strong opinions. And I just had to be like, what do I care more about in the world? Running, doing this, this over in my business for, you know, hundreds of thousands of people or doing this thing for 20 people. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to step back. I'm just going to step back. And I disagree with the way that person's doing it, but I got to pick my battles. You go do your thing. I'm going to let somebody else lead that. Are your kids fine with the fun babysitter for more hours a week? And it's your story that you would never not put your kids to bed, but it's making you exhausted and you're having to choose. Is that really the priority? I've got to really think through does that truly have an impact on my kids compared to my being able to get this business more profitable, you know, to, to pay for vacations where we can spend way more time together? Is the opt-in page your team made fine? Could you have made it better? Are you obsessed with the font? Do you love the colors? Is it the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen? No, but like it's done and it's good enough. And you delegated and you hired someone on Fiverr or Upwork or whatever and they just did it and it was fine. If you have a smidge of financial room to breathe, which I acknowledge not everyone does, but is it worth the price of your piece to hire someone to do fill in the blank for you? Can you make more income well-rested than if you do all the personal tasks yourself and stay up too late finishing? So whether so sometimes that means hiring help as far as people and delegation. Sometimes it just means relaxing our standards and lowering what is good enough. And sometimes it means in our personal life, just letting other people do things that maybe we're used to being in control of, micromanaging, you know, et cetera. And then the final P, my newest aha, is push. I realized this when I was on stories one day, I was talking about the Elegant Excellence Journal, that the secret silent fifth P is the one we usually default to choose instead of all of the other ones. And we say, I'll just push a little harder and it'll get done. I'll work one more hour, go to bed an hour later, wake up an hour earlier, you know, it's just this week of super long days and then I'll be there. I'll work over the weekend so I won't feel so behind on Monday. For me, this is the working hard that I talked about in the last episode where it's just never enough. When you've got 10 things in 10 units in a four unit week, pushing is never going to be enough. It always leads to burnout. And so for me, when I think of working well, it's not pushing. I said in the last episode, those first four hours of the day of working for me, if I'm distracted, I'm like, okay, girl, let's let's focus. Let's go laser in on this. So yes, I am pushing a little bit in terms of like using my hands to like indicate, kind of like lasering in my focus. Do you know what I mean? But after that, if I'm tired, I, I rest. If I'm daunted by the idea of the next task, I take a break. I don't just keep pushing myself because of some arbitrary timeline. And I don't know what your hours are. I've just grown to pay attention to myself because I'm, I'm tracking my time, like I talked about in that episode. And I notice if, if, I'm, if I'm mentally distracted earlier than four hours, it's just a short attention span. It's just being easily distracted. But after about four hours, it's a different feeling. I'm not just like, ooh, bird. I'm like, uh, I don't uh, I don't know. Like my brain is just, I'm, this is not making sense. I don't feel like these words are coming out right. Those are different things. So 
being like, okay, Hillary, let's not like chase the birdie. That That's not pushing to me. That's just like a, like gently redirecting back. It's like mindfulness. Pushing for me is when I'm like, yeah, my brain is not feeling this. And for me, I've noted that's that can be after about four hours. You need to know for you, if you have a, a, a medical ailment that you're coming back from, that might be an hour or two hours. If you work a full-time job and then you're starting your thing at night, that might be an hour. That might be three hours on the weekends. It's, again, why I've I've created things like the Elegant Excellence Journal that you do weekly instead of daily or Creative Business Accelerator that's like, even if you only have a few hours a week, you can do this in, you know, in under a month to get yourself up and going. Sometimes I, like if I'm feeling it over the weekend, then I do it. Sometimes it feels nice and buzzy to check something off. On rare occasions, I'm like, oh yeah, I I ended up working because I just got inspired to do this thing. But I'm really paying attention that if I tell myself I should work this weekend, or if I use it as like, well, it's okay that I don't get to it as long as I do it this weekend, that feels like I'm having to push. And so instead, I just trust myself and I listen to myself and I'm like, you know what, if I need I need rest and leisure so I can work again come Monday. So even if I'm not sure how it's going to get done next week, I'm not going to allow myself to build up that burnout like we talked about last week. I want to be so clear that I am not doing it all. <laughs> I don't have a perfectly systematized business and a huge team that's making this possible, though for sure... I do have a decade of wisdom and business foundation. So if you are newer, be more gentle with yourself. I I want to paint both of those pictures. Yes, I have the benefit of some foundations where it may be harder for you to, to get there, to kind of get to where I'm at. But it also, I look all the time at other people in their business, other colleagues of mine, and I'm like, she seems so much more organized. She seems like she's doing so much more. It's not like it's just this well-oiled machine behind the scenes. I've had to make these trade-offs, which is why I said I grab the journal all the time and look to page 53, and I'm like, okay, this is not all going to get done. What are what are my P options here? <laughs> because it isn't just naturally easily dialed in. Everybody's doing everything for me. I don't want to make it sound easy nor impossible. It is possible, and it's going to take a season – It's going to take season after season of peeling back layers to get closer to your sustainable rhythm. And yours may look a little different than mine. And then say I have a baby in a few years or someone in our life gets sick or I'm hit by grief and a tragic loss, like I'm going to have to peel back new layers. One of the silver linings for me of creating Creative Business Accelerator in COVID, my most recent course, was that I experienced when I just had less energy to give because I was so mentally and emotionally distracted with what was happening in the world. And if you followed along, we weren't even living in our home at the time. Because I proved to myself, proved to myself even sounds aggressive, but I I showed myself that I could create and launch more simply and easily. And so now I know that when grief happens again, as it will to all of us, I have these tools to do the best I can with less time, less energy. I haven't arrived at some level of, you know, zen and mastered it for life. 
you and I are both on this path together and always will be. I, I truly believe this will be a lifelong exploration, but holy heck, it can be so much easier than I made it for myself for so many years. If you really dive into these five Ps and are honest with yourself about which lies you are believing that are leading to the overwhelm, that are creating the chaos that you actually do have ownership over and you are empowered to shift. And speaking of having arrived, quote unquote, you know, in our final three-part next week of this mini-series, I'm going to talk about what to do when you feel behind, whether that's in a, a life goal that you thought you would have achieved by this age, this stage, or just in a specific project that you're feeling overwhelmed with. So I will see you back here next Wednesday with grace and gumption. You're welcome in advance. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. There are three things for you when you swipe up into the description of today's episode. Number one, those simple five Ps. If you want to screenshot that as a quick sheet to reflect back to on your phone. Number two, an invite to the free masterclass, Stop Overthinking It, that I am teaching next week. If you are a current or aspiring entrepreneur, please join me. I am so passionate about sharing this same energy of this podcast series, but really more specifically exactly for businesses to help you feel less terrified and overwhelmed at starting or scaling your business sustainably. And number three, while you're there in the description, I would you would be so kind as to leave a short review for this show. I know you hear this on podcasts so often asking you to leave a review, but it truly means so much. It is free, it is fast, and it really pays it forward to encourage someone else to listen in and join us when they hear what you had to say. I am so grateful you are here. I will see you live next week on the workshop and back here next Wednesday. Till next Wednesday.